I remember the exact moment when I fell in love with my first All-American Sparrow on April 12, 1975. My favorite instructor at Michigan State University, Bob Hinkle, had brought a group of us graduate students to a naturalist's conference in Natural Bridge, Virginia. We were gathered near the conference center when I heard the most strikingly beautiful song imaginable, a pure whistled melody. Bob Hinkle said it was a white-throated sparrow singing Old Sam Peabody, Peabody, Peabody. I had to see the bird to count it on my life list, and so Bob led me to the hedge where the song was coming from, and voila! The bold black, white, and yellow markings on my lifer white-throated sparrow's head were as striking and memorable as its song. The next year, we were in Chicago for a bit during spring migration, and there they were, right in Russ's parents' backyard, in the very neighborhood where I'd grown up, singing away. How had I never once noticed that amazing song, so very easy to hear now that I I was aware of it during any of the 23 springs of my life before I took up birding. I often wonder how many other beautiful things right there in my own world don't exist for me because my eyes and ears filter them out out of ignorance. Half of all white-throated sparrows don't have the bold black-and-white head pattern, but rather a much duller tan and off-black pattern. But because migrating tan-striped white-throated sparrows are found in the same flocks as the white-striped birds, identifying them is almost as straightforward as identifying the boldly marked white-throated sparrows. One other sparrow has similar black-and-white striping on the head, the white-crowned sparrow. Its body shape is different, but you need to spend time with both species before that feature is helpful. More useful are the white-crowned sparrow's pink or yellowish bill rather than the nondescript dark bill of the white throat, and the fact that white-crowned sparrows don't have any sign of a yellow lore. The white-throated sparrow has an overall warm, brownish appearance, while the white-crowned has a solid gray underside and a cool gray nape. The white-crowned sparrow's throat feathers may be whitish, but they don't have a border setting off the white-throated sparrow's defining feature. The American tree sparrow, one of the first to arrive at our feeders in April and who overwinters not too far south of my neck of the woods, has a rufous line matching the crown color that starts at the eye and widens in the cheek area. The tree sparrow's upper bill is dark, but the lower is bright yellow. From most angles, you may see a tie tack, a spot of dark feathers in the center of the clean gray breast. The American tree sparrow usually also has a small, soft brown or rufous patch on either side of the breast at the bend of the closed wing. Most tree sparrows vanish right when chipping sparrows arrive. Both species have conspicuous rusty caps, so a lot of people confuse them. Chipping sparrows have a clean black eyeline that starts at the bill, making it look as if they were wearing eyeliner. Spring adults have a solid black bill. 
The chippy's underside is a pale shade of gray close to off-white. It lacks the tree sparrow's tie tack, and it never has a rufous patch at the bend of the wing on the side of the breast. Field sparrows are hardly ever seen as far north as Duluth, but are common nesters not too far south of here and should be working their way north with the warming climate. They don't have an eye line at all, which along with their pale eye ring and pink bill gives them something of an anemic look. They have a small rufous patch behind the ear where the tree sparrow's eye line broadens, and the field sparrow has a simply gorgeous, easy-to-learn song a sweet slurred note repeated faster and faster. The last sparrow likely to turn up in Northland backyards is the largest, and perhaps the coolest of all, Harris's sparrow. In spring, it's unmistakable, with a very black crown and bib, gray cheeks with a small black marking behind the ear, a pure white underside, and a pink bill. This is a rare yard bird up here, and when one appears, it's cause for celebration for its striking beauty even more than its rarity. There's just a brief window of time in April and the first half of May when most of these sparrows pass through our backyards. Try not to miss it. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds. <laughs>